show is sponsored by HiveMind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all-in-one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings and of course to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. So we're going to talk a little bit about mineral rights. That's what Christopher wants to talk about and he wants to learn about today. Mineral rights they're in mostly most states, it's really only important in oil states like uh, Texas, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. That's usually where you hear about it a lot. There's mineral rights that come up in like West Virginia that are pretty crazy. But essentially, if you're in Texas, you can wholesale property and keep the mineral rights as long as you're double closing. So Double closing gives you the opportunity to keep an all right. So Anthony's done this in the past and we've done this in the past with properties is that we'll get a property contract with mineral rights being conveyed to us and then we'll convey it without to our buyer. And that's how we'll, we'll keep mineral rights. It's a cool little strategy to just keep, keep potential oil in the future without really doing, just doing a regular transaction. Crazy stories that come out with mineral rights is I think like West Virginia is like a big coal area in the mountains. The state took like rights to all the coal in the mountains and in the whole pretty much state of West Virginia, just so they can control that. So if you're doing like deals in West Virginia, all the mineral rights are already owned by the state. And that's just, it's been like that for like 150 years or something like that. It's crazy. So that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Corruption for sure. And that that's something like, uh, West Virginia did back in mid, mid probably late 1800s, mid 1800s. So a lot of, there's a lot of crazy stuff that come with uh, mineral rights, but um, it's just, um, we come across properties with, with oil producing wells in them, cash flow to a certain amount, a few hundred dollars a month. <laughs> Rockefeller's expanding the color on that time. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't done much research into it. I, just, I read a story about it. I'm like, oh, that's crazy about the coal in West Virginia. But um, essentially is that, a drill oil company will come onto your land and say, hey, if we find oil, we'll give you essentially cash flow. And they'll drill the oil for it for you and produce the oil for you. But they'll just pay out a monthly cash flow for producing oil or depending on how many barrels of oil it produces, little pumps they can get on it. So it's going to vary pretty much property by property. Some properties may not have oil rights, some property it may, who knows. It's uh, one of those things where like, you really don't know there's potential on the property unless it's already producing something. And usually if it's already producing, they already have uh, what it's paying out uh, at that time. So usually if somebody has oil producing property, they're going to let you know that they have it and it's going to convey with the rights or without the rights. So that's pretty much just the short answer for mineral rights in general. Try and catch it if you can when you're contracting properties and don't let it go whenever you're, you're selling it. So there's a quick little strategy to kind of get mineral rights for free. 
government corruption for sure <laughs> as a whole can be a possibility. That's mineral rights in, in a nutshell. There's a lot that goes into it. Like I said, I, I, I can barely scratch the surface on it because we've only come across this a couple of times. There's, I'm sure there's probably a bunch of oil people that know a lot more than I do. It's just, I know the basics. That's about it. And you buy. But it's all conveyed in the deed. So if you want to see who owns the mineral rights, it's going to be in the deed of that property. So if you find a deed or do a soft pull of the, of the certain properties and want to see who owns the mineral rights, it's going to be in the deed. It's always recorded with the deed. So mineral rights and the deed of ownership would be all conveyed in the deed. Sometimes the same person, sometimes it's not. Good question, though, about mineral rights. What, what type of property are you trying to get, Christopher? Okay, so this one is, uh, so this is like right next door for the extra 420 acres that is turned down, turned into 120 acres. Okay. So, so right now, this, this particular 50 acres, it, it's, it's good for commercial development. So it's near like a major highway. It's, it's in the country still. We, we recently spoke to the mayor. So basically our new developer is looking to actually investigate more and see what, see what details they can do to actually build around the area. But we're not sure if, if that actual area has, has mineral rights, but I'm pretty sure she has it because it's a former farm. So it's still producing right at this moment, but she's looking to sell off, our, sell off our property because she's in her 70s right now. So she's looking to sell all that stuff so she, so she can retire peacefully and not have to have that stuff in the back of her mind all the time because I, I know that she has it. Gotcha. Okay. This is the one you sent to Anthony? Yeah, that one too. And I think, I think Anthony is working one, one, one deal in uh, Beasley, which is 95 acres. We're supposed to solve that, but I'm not sure when that's going to be getting attacked. But it should be within a week or two or something when things come back online. And then we have another 20 acres out in uh, Dayton, which is way out there, looking to make something of like that. Yeah, that's about it. But how are, um, how are you texting? How, how are you uh, marketing right now, Christopher? Uh, just mostly cold calling, really, and just buying lists and just buying lists from from this from this website called Clearscape. They're 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 out of Florida as well. Okay. And when, you search up, and when you search up those lists, they're, they're, very, they're very good. But the thing is, like, it's much more better to search up on, like, such as a website, such as that oil and gas website, I forgot what it was. I think it's gotcha. called. Uh, okay. Or see something like that in the Railroad Commission, Texas.gov. Uh, then another one, go for LangGlide. That one's good, too, but it's very tedious when you integrate information to the spreadsheet. That takes longer, too. But it takes work, you know? Yeah, do the boring work first to get something. Yeah, that's right. You got your first deal recently, right? Oh, not yet. It's it, it's in process right now. We're so we're in we're both in due diligence right now. So we have one that was signed under uh, for an option contract, which is twenty point five acres. Okay, good. But we have like thirty days to market that. Let's see where we go. <laughs> is it in Texas? Yes, in Texas. Okay, we're launching a new thing to dispo properties in Texas. So. Mm-hmm. If you have it for okay price, you can see if we can this it for you guys. Yeah, for sure. And also, I'll be looking for some more too because I'll be moving soon. So, even in business abroad. Good, good. Yeah, there's definitely more opportunity everywhere. Don't think your backyard is the only place you can play. Plenty of opportunity oh, yeah. everywhere for sure. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? Like I said, this kind of open call, we allow to ask any questions when going in any direction. Okay, for everyone, I, I think like, could you talk more about like, could, could you talk more about when it comes to like speaking with sellers, right? And you're looking to eventually like negotiate a meeting because that's how I got to this seller 
that's in East Bernard and Kennelton. Uh-huh. I was like, in my mind, I was like, for me, what do you think is very important when you're negotiating with a seller and to get a meeting? Because most times they might like kind of give you an excuse of they're trying to sell you and close you on not meeting when it's very important to meet because in-person is very important. So could you talk more, could you talk more about that? So one thing I always try and get out before I meet, because I've done this so many times prior is I always, I always try to meet people whenever I can, just because this is like when I first started, I was always trying to meet people just to talk to sellers eventually. But when it comes down to it, you need to talk to motivated sellers. So you need to differentiate before you meet them that they're even worth talking to. So generally when we're talking to sellers, if they're close by or opportunity to meet, we're usually going to make sure they're what price point they want. And it feels it's even worth our time to talk about because especially in Texas, Texas, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's an hour away. Well, you might be there an hour, hour back, three, four hours. You could have done other things versus drive and technically waste time for that property. And this, it may produce in the long run, but you'd rather be doing revenue generating activities. So always understand that what number they want before you even go out there or what their motivations are before you go out there, because it's going to be, I've done it. You're going to waste a lot of time talking to a lot of people that aren't just motivated. They're not motivated. So number one was make sure they're motivated. Make sure you get number two is make sure they're good at price point. And number three, make sure everybody that you're going to meet is going to be there at that same time, because there's no point of going out there to talk to somebody who's not the decision maker. So make sure all the decision makers or potential decision makers of this property are going to be there, whether it's a husband, and wife, brother, sister, or have that conversation all at once. So we're always trying to coordinate those people to be together at the same time and then move on to that conversation as far as what they're looking to get for the property, how much, they, uh, what's the timeline they want to sell. You can ask if there's liens, any of the motivation, death in the family, probates, all that good stuff. You're going to find out on that in-person conversation. So it's understanding that not everybody's motivated and we're only looking for motivated sellers is the short answer. Sounds good. Yeah. So understand, understand where your time is best utilized and where it should be used. Iris asks, when you come across some land for sale and get the number they want, how do you come up with a good number to offer? Do you give them a number while you have them on the phone or ask to call them back with your offer? So that's okay. So that, I think, yes, like two different questions there. So if you, if you're calling the people and they want to say, make me an offer, I'm generally always trying to get a number out of them. Well, uh, how much do you give it to me? Well, I don't even know what to offer because it, it could be, tell me a little bit more about the property, trying to find out more about the property and I always trying to squeeze them to give up a number first. There's a strategy in sales, like whoever gives up the, number, the first number loses. Because if you are potential trying to get the number, if you provide the number offer, that they're just going to shop your offer around. So usually we try not to give an offer till they're ready to sign paperwork or till we're giving paperwork in general. So if I, if I, provide, if I provide an offer, will you sign it? We always try and get confirmation before they're going to sign. Whoever gives the offer first usually loses. So don't give your offer out without getting a signed or not, not, not a signed agreement, but a verbal agreement that they're going to sign the paperwork. Yeah. If, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Cause like, it's very important that you sell them. Don't let them sell you. Cause all they're trying to give you is a bullshit excuse. They're just trying to do that just to shoot you away. 
Yeah. So you have to get out of them, but get to know them first, though, which is very important. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yep. Irish also asked, I don't have to meet the, the seller if I don't have to do use DocuSign for signing paperwork. 100%. E-signatures, notaries, we use a lot of those virtual either people as a virtual notary or DocuSign. And a lot of times the, the contract can be overwhelming. So sometimes what we'll do is we'll get on the phone with the seller. And if we send them, hey, I'm going to send you this DocuSign, when would be in front of the computer to review it? Oh, 6 p.m. Okay, I'm going to call you at 6 p.m. I'm going to send you the, the contract. And you can, if you have any questions, you can ask me while we're going over or reviewing the contract. Because one thing you really want to understand is make sure they understand what they're signing and they don't have any questions about what they're signing, what, 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 it, what it means. Because a lot of contracts, even wholesale contracts, don't make sense. So you as a wholesaler or potential buyer need to understand your contract in its basic form to explain it to a seller there might be wordings that they may not understand so i always i always always tell people to understand your contract and what's in your contract that you're you're sending them to sign and then kind of convey it all while they're over while they're overlooking it on the phone in front of you or with them virtually so they understand what's going on because a notary ain't going to know what your, what your paperwork means notaries they do a lot of different types of paperwork so they're not going to understand seller's paperwork so you always want to be on the phone with the notary whenever they arrive to kind of go over the paperwork to make sure they have, they have any questions or there to answer them efficiently. So they just sign and keep it going. Good question, Iris. But yeah, sales, sale, when it comes back to sales, it's just make sure you get an understanding the seller that you are. If, if I send a contract for this price, would you sign it? And I'll answer all your questions there whenever you get whenever the contract's presented, and it's just overcoming objections when they, when they look at it. Is there a good tool to use to get a good aerial view of the land throughout the U.S.? Is there a way to find property owners with ten acres of land without having sift through tax stuff records? So we use a lot of I use a lot of Google Google Maps, Google Street View, Google. Uh, satellite view. You can use that with a combination of sometimes Zillow. If you zoom in on properties, it might have the property property lines in there, like grayed out between the neighbor's property. So you can sometimes see uh, property lines on Zillow. We use a lot of Google and we use, I use a, whenever I used to do this, I use, I would do like Google and the tax assessors sites. So they can kind of put it next to each other. Like, Hey, house is right here on the neighbor's property. This is the Google where the house is from the satellite view and kind of understand where the property is. And then I'll do like a Google Street View if I can, if there's one available to kind of show what it looks like if they're to drive by it. Because sometimes they'll, like, they'll drive by the property and like, oh, this is, this is what I saw on Google. 10 acres or land of land without having tax records. Frank might know this one. I just have on. Frank, is there a way to search parcel sizes in like MapRite or list source or something? You're can you enable screen share? Yeah, I can. I guess he's going to show us now. So there, there's a lot of uh, resources out there for pulling lists and data. It's just finding one that works for you. Like if you're pulling certain sizes, you might want to use MapRate. Here you go. Okay, so we'll pull Texas. Texas and Florida being states that I bought. 
been paid for. And you can see that a little green, green circles where I've searched, but you can also I believe we can focus down into parcel size, um, parcel. can't. I thought we could, which is why I jumped in. Line shapes, feature set ranching, oil and gas, urban. Ooh, good to know I can do urban. I wasn't aware of that. I thought we could uh, do size on this. So address, you know, you know, latitude, longitude, abstracts, uh, you know, if you know that, parcel ID. So, yeah, it doesn't look like it's got that option on this. There are other softwares, you know, a lot of other data aggregator softwares, like, you know, this is Commercial Empire Deal Flow, CED Flow by uh, Tim Bratz, but it's based on the real flow platform, which is similar data. So I pulled storage and on that, I can get down into parcel size, minimum parcel size, uh, up to a maximum parcel size. So I imagine the real deal, real, real deal, really deal flow or whatever it's called, really, really flow has that feature. And I would wager most of the other data aggregators uh, that you can pull data from also have that feature. I honestly thought MapRite had a controlled size. So when you pull the data, now here, I know I can do this. Let me change what I'm sharing. Cancel the share. Let me share a, let me find a finder window that's got the right files. Because the data you pull down, you can control that. Sorry if I'm, I was putting a bed together two minutes ago for my 14-year-old. And You're kidding, man. I don't know oh if, I don't hear the answer because like I said, I, I we don't, right now we're doing a lot of PPC and we're doing a lot of stuff like this. So I've never actually pulled this from other sources. But I don't have an answer. Yeah, I mean, you you can. It's just a matter of where where you can get to the data. Give me one moment. I Go ahead and yammer on if you want to and I'll get... I'll get to the info and then I'll share the screen on that folder. Or actually, I need to open up an Excel file and I will share it. Uh, share the Excel file. So, okay. So it's gonna it's gonna vary by data provider. I, I'm sure LaSource, which is that that's the last provider I actually used outside of my own back then. I know I think they could do it too, but they're. I mean, it's just gonna it's just gonna vary by provider in general of who can who can actually pull it or not by certain sizes. I know I can't. It's just all data in certain areas. And the reason why we do that is just that we sell it by the bulk. We sell it by bulk. And it's just, if people pull a certain area, we're just not going to be able to provide enough leads that even makes sense for them to pull. So we usually try and do larger list orders. So we're just going to pull whole area, whole orders of areas versus not necessarily by size for when it comes to land. Okay. Found what I was looking for. Okay, so this is an example of the sheet that you get from, here, let me shrink this down in size so it doesn't take up so much of your screen. Let me go back up. Uh, it comes in CSV format from them. 
but you can, you know, the first thing you want to do is change it to an Excel. So column M is the acreage. So sort smallest yeah. to largest. You kind of have to pull all the data and then source it. Correct. You put, so like, you know, let me, let me co-share two things. Um, new share, hold shift. I want that also. So uh, jumping over here real fast, you see one of these circles here in Texas. And yes, I realize the, the list I'm showing you right now is Florida. But basically, when I draw a circle to search an area, uh, you know, I'll turn on you know, the, the reports, export Excel to it. You know, so it says draw a radius. So I click and draw my, uh, begin to draw my circle. So now once it's done that, I'm going to come down and on overlays, no, not overlays, feature palette, doo -doo -doo. map features, there we go, pivot. I can go in and on, on this pivot and, oops, nope, trying to... I'm losing my mind shapes. Here we go. Urban. Okay, I've been doing this on this. There we go. I can do my pivot. So I'm going to create a report first. So it's going to let me draw a radius. So when it turns red like that, it means you've gotten bigger or that's outside of the state that I'm looking in. So, okay, there we go. So there's, okay, it's greater than, okay, so let me. They, they have a size limit of 11 miles. Okay, that wasn't what I wanted to happen. So 11 square miles is the maximum when you're trying to draw a circle like this. So I'm taking, you know, I'm trying to do a piece of Dallas here, draw the radius. And it's, of course, glitching. And draw a line, let me draw a radius. Okay, so there's my new circle. When it pops up requesting an email address, that means it fits the appropriate size. But this is where I'm also going to draw the little pivot. You put the, the mouse, the cursor right in the dead center. And damn, that thing clicked again. Okay, so I've got it over here. I still haven't saved it. So, okay, so... I think I've overloaded my browser, but what, what I'll do is I'll start in the middle, I'll click and draw the green circle also, and it leaves that green circle and I want it to match the, the yellow highlighted circle, then put your email address in, generate CSV. So over here is the CSV that you get. And I converted it to an Excel file just because it's easier to have all of these sheets you see down below. A CSV file, if you try to save a CSV file with multiple sheets, it deletes everything because CSV can't handle multiple sheets. So first thing you'll always want to do is convert to an XLS. So after that, you see here how I've got size under the acreage column. So these, you know, there's a bunch of them that are 10.1 and then we're down 12.6, you know, 51.9. So we have different sizes. These are, you know, smaller or larger is what I'd set. So you pick the size lot that you're looking for and you go forward from there. So if you're looking for quarter acre lots, you just scroll the section of that lead list that you've downloaded now that are quarter acre lots or 10th acre lots or whatever the size it is that you're looking for. 
after all of that chaos, I hope that helped uh, to answer the question. <laughs> I apologize. Apparently I, need uh, to re- apparently, I need to reboot my browser because it's crashing like crazy. No, that's cool, man. I, I, I've never right seen that like that, so it's kind of cool. So, but yeah, MapRite's great for that. But yeah, there's, you know, there's se- several other data aggregators that you can, you know, that can just, you know, becomes one of the sections that you can choose to uh, share for. Good demo of that software. You're welcome, Iris. Yeah, happy to help. So yeah, MapRite's good. You know, I, I don't use PropStream right now, but I'm fairly certain it's got that capability. I know DataStream does uh, and a few of the others. There you go. There you go. Good question, Iris. Yeah. Different different data sources, different information. All right. So that was a great question, great question. Who's got another question they need help with today? I got time for one or two more, depending on how difficult or easy the question is. <laughs> you can put it in the chat too. Uh, I'm open to either one if you don't want to mute yourself. Does anyone use a title company in the Dallas, Texas area? We are our title companies in San Antonio, but you can use any title company in the state of Texas. I, I don't remember the title company we use off the top of my head. I forget it. Yeah, so you can use go ahead, Frank. I was gonna say John would probably know some, and you know, if you yeah. don't know anybody offhand, I was gonna say ask in the actual group itself where there's a yeah. lot more members active at the time. Yeah, Anthony, we use we use we've been using the state of town company for years. Um, but yeah, you just need you need one one side of company per state, one good one, and just call it a day. Even if you're in another city, it doesn't really matter. They can still handle that closing for you. Yeah, that was the other thing I was gonna say. Find a company, it doesn't matter where they are, you know, as long oh. as they work that state. Yep. My title companies here in Jacksonville that I've worked every deal in the state of Florida. Except for one that I'm uh, doing uh, with uh, another one of the group members, Eloy Ochoa. He's got a company in Tampa that he's used for years. But, uh, you know, that'll be my uh, second. Yeah. So, and like I said, he's done deals all over Florida and uses the same type of company in Jacksonville. So, and we've done deals all over Texas and he's the same person in San Antonio. So, it's always going to find a good one that, find one good one and just run with it. And uh, Christopher says patent law firm for Texas. So, Plenty of options out there you could use for sure. So don't don't overthink that part of it at any point. Your kids sound like my kids. Yeah, they're, uh, they're crazy. I had to start a few minutes late because my wife wasn't here. So I always keep my wife was here to help out with the kids. And but, mine are going crazy because we've got a six-week-old kitten for two weeks that my 14-year-old is uh, fostering for community service hours. So. Nice. It has them extra hyped up. Nice, man. I was, it's awesome to hear stuff like that. Kids. Where is everybody from tonight? I, if I, in case I missed that, just wondering. Oops, Frank. I asked where everybody was from. I'm assuming Iris is in Texas, or at least trying to do business in Texas. <laughs> oh, for me, I'm in. I'm in Houston. About to move to uh, to Key Biscayne initially. Moving from Houston, Texas, to Key Biscayne. Miami. Yep. Welcome, welcome home to Florida. Oh yeah, <laughs> land of the hard assets. Hell yeah! Iris is from Dallas. Joseph is trucking, so he's probably somewhere. He's here, there, and everywhere. Then yeah, he's a little bit everywhere. Um, I live in Southern California. 
<clears throat> yes, I uh, I am uh, now in Massachusetts. You're Massachusetts. To, uh, yeah, I'm going to Seattle, Washington. Man, I hate driving in the Northeast. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, now the weather is very cool. Now it's 68. <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. That's plus. Do you yeah, prefer nighttime or daytime driving? Daytime, I drive. I drive in my for myself, so I drive during the daytime. And when I have to push it to uh, probably nine or eleven, but next day I drive during the daytime. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Appreciate your work out there, man. Look forward Please, to you getting uh, off the road permanently. But I appreciate your work while you're out there. Y'all are the backbone. Thank you. Thank you so several Thank uncles you so and relatives that did that for most of their lives. So. Yeah, yeah. I got all my brothers and sisters in Florida. Two sisters, two brothers in Miami. And uh, that's where they live. But um, I'm the only one who left Miami and uh, moved to Delaware and then uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Now I'm in Texas. So I think Texas, I've been uh, there's like uh, almost seven years. So everything is cool here, Texas. So probably uh, stay there with my uh, fam family. So uh, that's, why, that's why I moved to Willie State last year. That's cool, man. He froze. <laughs> Drive yeah. safe out there, Joseph. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a trekking man. So that's the whole thing. That it is. It, yeah. Is that who wants to join me in a giant fundraise? I saw a portfolio of 21 storage facilities. Someone posted earlier today. They want $124 million. Wow. What's I'm willing to put the syndication together. What's the minimum buy? On that, I mean, we'd be looking at around $25 million capital raise. So, yeah, it, it, it'd probably be a chunk. <laughs> yeah, even if you get 100 grand, you're still going to need 250 people. Yeah. But it's worth it. So probably 100, 150 to 200. But, I mean, it's it's uh, it looked like it was all class a class b plus properties and all fully stabilized so i mean it's not a super high cap rate but it's you know that's a rock solid portfolio you're basically buying a cash flow at that point yeah that's a retirement right there you, you, you make your purchase and you retire even as the gp side you know you make your purchase and you retire <laughs> was maintained over time and good to go that's crazy. That's that's a lot of property, 125 million. I, I I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me why people sell for cash. I would I would be like owner financing if I was exiting at that point. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to owner finance 21 properties. So because it's a portfolio that you know they built. I'm sure they built that up over a period of time. You know, yeah. it's probably 21 separate syndications that they pulled together. You know, via fund of funds or uh, Evergreen fund. Where they kept raising more, you know, additional funds as they needed to to put them into the portfolio, and then uh, you know, okay, now it's time to, you know, they're they're getting nervous, so they're taking their exit now. I, I think it's going to stay recession proof. Mm -hmm. You know, even if a recession hits, people are not going to want to get rid of their crap. That's one of the advantages of storage. Why I started to look into it. Yeah, self storage. Self storage is a cool niche, man. Hopefully we'll go down that direction sooner, sooner than later. But I think I like self-storage more than multifamily. Iris, what do you mean? Would I borrow the money I need to invest in that syndication? I would put very little of my own money into it, Iris. 
I would put together the marketing and the pitch deck and start finding people who wanted to put the money into it. And I would operate as the GP and take 20% uh, of the prize along with a couple of other people who I know are extremely experienced in the storage facility world. And they would be the primary GPs and sponsors. And we take the thing down and we split that 20% uh, you know, for doing the work. And everybody else is along for the ride uh, on the investment. They'd probably earn between six to eight uh, percent per year on their money for the life of the loan, essentially. So, but yeah, we come up with the twenty, maybe twenty-five percent at most, and we borrow the rest uh, via commercial loan. That's a crazy deal, man! Some big money. What's really freaky is just a few years ago, I couldn't have conceived of looking at something like that and actually requesting the info and sitting down and starting to run the underwriting on it, thinking, yes, I know the people who can help me take this down and being, you know, thinking, you know, back then I would have thought that's egotistical to think you could do that. Now it's just honestly believing, yes, I can do this. And it terrifies the hell out of me, but I'm going for it nonetheless. And that's also this guy, I don't know, for my screen, he's in the upper left-hand corner. His name is Daniel. He's one of the co-founders of the hive mind. It's a result of this wackadoo starting this group up a year ago and pushing everybody to believe that they could do stuff that they didn't think they could do. So if you're new here, keep sticking around. It will expand your mindset. (laughs) There you go. Appreciate that, Frank. Appreciate that. It feels undeserved, but I appreciate it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Not undeserved in the slightest, buddy. Oh, man. It's been a crazy journey, this hive mind thing. It's been a crazy, crazy little experience for everybody that's been around for a while. We appreciate everybody that contributes. And like I said, we wouldn't even do these calls if people didn't come out to these calls in general. So I appreciate everybody coming out and participating in some fashion. Whether you're here asking questions or you're here submitting questions in, in the checkbox, in the chat box, it helps out a lot just to carry the conversation because everybody has uses the same issues and problems. It's just no one wants to ask the question. <laughs> so I appreciate everybody contributing. This is a good Thursday. I can't believe it's about to be the end of June. I commend everybody for being here in general because it shows you're trying to do something better and learn to do better. But end of June, most people wanted to do something. 2022 has already wasted six months by not doing anything. So there's a lot of time has passed and you weren't active and productive with it. And they haven't produced anything out from it, but at least here you're educating yourself and hopefully taking action at the same time to produce something out of the time that is given to you. It's time and, and we and we know people who sat here for months and did nothing and finally took action and now they're on the podcast for doing six deals in a short period of time. So that's it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy what happens. But don't take time for granted. You only get it. Always it's a. It's always waning. It's always it's always you're always losing it. So don't waste don't waste your time doing stuff that doesn't make sense and. Make sure you capitalize it on it with all that you're doing. Make sure you're doing revenue generating activities. One of the one of the things I suffered with when I first started was I thought I was 
busy, but I was busy doing the wrong things that weren't actually producing. So after I kind of realized that I kind of focused on doing the right things with my time and now it's uh, able to do this stuff like this. So it's worrying about what, what your time is actually needs to be doing versus what you can't be doing, you know. Revenue generating activities is so important for everybody out there. Time management. The days just fly by these days. I can't believe it's Thursday again. It's been a, I feel like it was a short week. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate, I appreciate everybody coming out. It's a serious business, like Iris says. It's a serious business for sure. So don't, don't take it lightly. It takes a lot of work and the year is halfway gone. So use this time wisely. One thing about real estate is this a long time to turn out deals. So like, Frank, if you were to somehow raise the money, how long would it take you to raise the money? Like 30 to 60 days closing. Probably. I, I, you know, the, the, the terrified version. Oops. Yeah. I'm unmuted. Okay. The terrified version thinks 90, 90 days to six months. Realistically with the partners that I know I would bring in immediately which I would take this into Yeden, Yeden and uh, whatever Yeden Jennings Smith's multifamily deal room. Cause I know there's also some players in there that are interested in storage. 30 days would be pushing it, honestly, between the people that I've done syndications with before. And I know the people in that group have done syndications and been part of, and who I would bring in as the key principles. Yeah. 30 days or less to pull that together if the numbers work. So and keep and the, the mentor that I've got, I, I, I work, I learned from a lady called Stacy Rossetti. Well, she's not called, that's her name. But she, she runs a program called the Storage Nerds. Yeah, cool lady, real down to earth. She decided they uh, sold their home up north and uh, they'd bought an RV and they travel around the country now looking for storage and enjoying life while, they're, uh, while their daughter is young. But I learned from her, she's got extremely aggressive uh, criteria in underwriting. They're usually looking for extreme, you know, value add situations, but, you know, they've bought a couple of A A properties and, you know, sitting down with a couple other people have done this stuff. They're like, okay, if you're looking at a, you know, an A property or B property, here's where your numbers need to be percentages wise and cap cap rate wise. So if you can achieve this, you know, with uh, you know mortgage output and stuff, you know, and and costs, you know, it then this will work. So you know, it's just knowing people who you know who having good underwriting software and knowing what to do to underwrite it, and having people who give guidance for where those numbers be you know need to be, just like the hive mind's doing for land on a regular basis. So when people are asking in the group. Yeah, you know, we just need to know where. You know, if you're going to post in the group, my only comment, you know, say where the land is. That way, we have an idea of, you know, because if you ask, you know, what is this property worth? Well, I don't know. In in Florida, in the middle of the state, it's worth five bucks an acre. If it's on the ocean, it's worth a quarter million dollars an acre, or you know, uh, for a quarter acre, you know, or more. So, same thing in Texas. You know, if it's near oil or near one of the big places, it could be worth a fortune for a quarter of an acre. Or there's spots where you can get a hundred acres for a hundred bucks. <laughs> the desert. The desert is where you can get stuff for a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> or if you buy another. Uh, I've, I've had it offered to me in the far west Texas desert. 
fact, when I pulled comps, it, it stuff was coming up from uh, New Mexico, and that was wow. like one of the closest cities. Las Cruces. Yes. Yeah, Las Cruces is right next to El Paso. It's like 45 minutes. Ugh. Texas is a big place, but definitely not an opportunity out there. So don't don't looking for some cheap land with undiscovered oil. <laughs> you and every oil company wildcat are out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's plenty of people looking like that. If you come across any, let me know. I'll invest with you, and I know I've got the exact people to introduce you to that'll happily wildcat it for you to find the oil. That's cool. The, the, the real estate business is a cool business and uh, there's so many different avenues to take and so many different niches. Yeah. Get those men. You set up shop and you're good to go once they find the oil. Yep. Good your house. You're good. Yep. 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 Get your gun too. So you go home. <laughs> well, um, I think, I think we wanted to hear good questions today. I think we covered a lot. Good questions, Christopher and Iris. And thanks for your help, Frank, as always. We do these calls every Monday and Thursday. I know we haven't had the last two Mondays covered, but we usually do every Monday and Thursday. I will be driving, so I probably would outrun Monday's call, but Anthony or somebody else will run it in some, some map, and I will be on a road. very well be able to run it myself. Just reach yeah. out to me that day. Where are you driving to? I am going on a road trip this next week to oh. Yellowstone, which is washed out because of a flood. Yeah, you might want to. You might want to reschedule that. <laughs> I wasn't going like directly to Yellowstone, but we were like planning to stop in Yellowstone on the way. But uh-huh. they, they closed down the park because of the flooding. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm praying for those people who live near there. Yeah, I guess now we're going to Idaho. I guess is the thing. <laughs> okay, but it's right next to Yellowstone. Uh huh. So grab some potatoes while you're there. Yeah. Fries are half off. <laughs> but yeah. Appreciate you doing this, Daniel. Yeah. Hopefully somebody will cover it next Monday. Yeah. I think I'm I think I'm off for the next week. So you might not see me here a little bit, but uh take some time let me time. look at my calendar real fast and I'll I'll give you a commitment if I can. Yeah, um, take some time, spend time with your family. We're so we're coming out with some new uh, practice services uh coming out soon. High find event in August, which is two months from now. We're excited about that. DeAndre is doing his own little real estate mastermind. We're going to cover that tomorrow on tomorrow's call. I think Anthony is. So about for a live out tomorrow. Yes, I can do next Monday. Just send me an email to remind me. Okay. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, we're going to take a little, a few, few week breaks on the recent podcast. So this might be the last episode for a couple weeks. So we're going to build up the, the episodes again to release every Monday to Friday. So this is probably going to replay on Friday and we'll probably take a couple weeks off to build up the episodes. But we'll always continue bringing out content and releasing stuff and we'll be on the live. What time is the live tomorrow with DeAndre? Tomorrow it is 3 p.m. Central. We're doing a live with, with DeAndre. So check it out. And for all people on the podcast, it'll probably be like the next episode after this one. The live will be. So Definitely check that out. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy time during your weekend. July 4th is coming up. So get some, get some plans together, spend some with your family. And Don't pull your day. limbs off. Yep. <laughs> have a good weekend, guys. Bye. The show is sponsored by The List Guys. Do you need more leads in your local or virtual market? 
one in 10 small businesses don't invest in any kind of marketing. The list guys have over 35 plus list types to choose from and you can mix and match any list or criteria. We also use the skip trace list and provide up to seven numbers and email addresses. Every list you purchase will be scrubbed against previous purchases. The list guys are here to save you time. Contact the list guys today at www.1listguys.com. That's www.1listguys.com.